Welcome to the Individual Matters Guest Features Series. I'm your host, Andrew Caton, and in this episode, I'm joined by Matt Price, CEO of Priceless Coaching, specializing in comprehensive life assessment and personalized executive coaching services based in Grand Junction, Colorado. The following discussion is about 35 minutes long, but it moves fast and is packed with valuable information. Right out of the gate, Matt asks some hard-hitting questions that will get you thinking deeply about why you may or may not be reaching your potential in life. We'll get into the meat and potatoes of fear and success, and then Matt will wrap up with specific actionable steps that you can take today to begin moving past your fears and towards the life of your dreams. Well, thank you for joining me, Matt. I really appreciate you being here today. Uh, you were just sharing some questions with me before we got on the air um, about fear and how that works to keep us from getting where we want to go in life. Why don't you go ahead and uh, repeat for our audience what we were talking about earlier? Yeah, absolutely. So fear is an interesting thing in how it shows up for all of us. But I just want us to take a moment and pause and think of a specific situation where fear comes up for us. And I'll wait just a second. So bring that example to mind. Maybe your example is something from your personal life. Maybe there's a challenging conversation that you should be having with one of your kids, your spouse. Maybe it's in your professional life. Maybe you got passed over for a project or a promotion. Or maybe you settled and you didn't apply for that new position that you were afraid you wouldn't get. So bring something up and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Those are some great questions. I think everybody's going to have something. I know there's things going through my mind that immediately when you start asking that. While the audience thinks on this a little bit, so you're a success coach. Um, what led you to this line of work? And um, you know, what is it about helping clients overcome their fears that, that really appeal to you? And what, why is that your passion? Yeah, I appreciate the question. I spent 20 years, 20 plus years in corporate America. I've run my own small business. I've led a bunch of independent business owners. And it's interesting, Andrew, when you're working with independent business owners, they don't have to listen to anything you have to say. No. So you have to lead with influence, relationships, and those types of tools that you hear about every day. Great experience for me. So I was in corporate America and I actually got hit by a truck, literal truck, semi-truck in the middle of rural Colorado, fortunate to be here. And it just kind of jarred something for me. And it made me take a look at where I was holding back. Where I was so concerned about my reputation that I no longer was jumping in and taking risks. So that's what kind of started it. And then as everybody does, I took some classes, I did some seminar work, I did some personal development items and just found that I wanted to try it and take this leap myself so I could walk the journey with my clients when they're having that fear. So you had a life, literally a life-changing event that drove you from one area of your life to find or follow your passion in another area. I have a whole list of questions that I want to ask you about this. It's fascinating, but are all of the clients that you work with, do they have similar life-changing events or are there, you know, is there sort of a spectrum of reasons why they decide to make that leap into working through their fears or working with a success coach such as yourself? Yeah, I, I tend to work with a lot of entrepreneurs or executives who at one time were an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs take on risk, right? And what gets interesting is we travel through our careers, 
on this journey is sometimes the success we have creates a, hmm, a wall for us. We don't take that risk. Because what if I now fail in front of my employees? What if I fail in front of my customers? What will people think? And so that's kind of what I see. I see people who have had a track record of success. They've gotten results. They've taken big risks. And they've had success. And then they kind of get the house with the white picket fence, the great career, the car they always wanted to have. And they start looking around. They go, huh, is this it? And that's my ideal client. People who have put things together, they've had a track record of success, and it doesn't look the way they thought it was going to look. That's, that's interesting. I don't know that that's what I would have thought of uh, initially, that it would be maybe higher achievers or those who have already a demonstrated track record who are getting hung up. It's almost like they've put themselves in a position where they're afraid to go back downhill. Um, they need to, you know, the, the idea to go uphill is where they're, that's where they're destined to go. That's where they want to go. Um, but there's always that chance of a slip or a fall that'll, that'll take you back down. I guess they probably know what they've had. And so that sets up maybe a understanding or a, a belief about what they might have to lose as well. Yeah, absolutely. What they could lose. And also with any success journey, we've all learned that when I think about how important little activities are to success, I think there are no little activities. But the problem with successful activities is they can be boring. I'm doing the same thing every day. So Andrew, did you ever see that movie in the, in the 90s called Groundhog Day with oh, Bill Murray? Oh yeah, great movie. <laughs> A great movie. And that's sometimes what it can become. Bill Murray's character, you know, he wakes up every day to the same song on the alarm clock, which I don't even know if we have clock radios anymore. <laughs> but it's the same rock and roll song. He goes downstairs, it's the same breakfast at the, the bed and breakfast he's at. He's walking on the street and it's the same gentleman that comes up to try and pitch him a, a sales product and he's stuck in these same conversations day after day. So Groundhog's Day, I used to think really affected low achievers. And then through my work consulting with independent uh, business owners, it really affected my high achievers. And the scariest part about Groundhog's Day is it can take a, a high achiever and start to create them into a low achiever. And so that all goes into this fulfillment conversation. That all goes into kind of being stuck and where the fear is coming up for us to take those leaps. So you had a life-changing event mm -hmm. that, that, that pushed you into a new area. In Groundhog Day, of course, being a movie, he's, uh, um, he wakes up one day and it's the same day for the next however long it is. So he doesn't really have a choice around that. These successful individuals that you work with, wherever they may be in their careers or in their life, is there a trigger event or how, if there's not, and they start to feel that they're living in Groundhog Day or that mm -hmm. they're stuck, what impels somebody to take action or to, to do something differently that'll make their next day uh, bring them a little bit closer to what they want? Yeah, it's actually interesting. I've had a mentor tell me I was very fortunate to get hit by a truck. <laughs> Anybody ever tell you that? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm very close to death. And he's like, congratulations. Um, so in an aspect, I was very fortunate because I had that jarring event. A lot of people don't. And it's just this feeling of, I'm not quite doing what it is that I say I want to do. I want to take more time and be with my kids. Take maybe a little time away from work. I want to apply for that next promotion, as we talked about at the beginning of the call. 
Maybe I want to start a new business. All those things. And sometimes it's difficult because there may not be that trigger. For a lot of my clients, there's a piece of them inside that small little voice inside their head that just says, what if? What if you did that? So deep down, somebody may have that feeling that they need to do something. Mm -hmm. Is the next hurdle reaching out to somebody like a success coach or just, or is it just not knowing what to do? Just the, the inkling or the feeling that of displeasure, dissatisfaction, knowing that you're ready for change and you're just not sure what step to take next. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a success coach and somebody working with somebody might, like me can be a huge help. But there's also so many resources out there that people can start those steps on their own. So in working with my clients, it's really about coming back to some self-awareness, right? And without a coach, there's so many tools as podcasts, just like this one or books that we read and, and additional tools that are out there. But it's really noticing and taking a self-inventory of, am I experiencing joy in my life? And asking myself that question. And then sitting with it. Maybe it's through a meditation. There's a great app out there called Headspace. For those who, who are new to meditation, because it sometimes can be scary, I don't know what to expect, Headspace is a great resource for that. And you can process through some of those emotions. As simple as getting your favorite journal and taking 10, 15 minutes a day to write down what's happening in your life and take some self-inventory. As we become more aware and more in tune with where we could be holding back, then it may be a great chance and an opportunity to reach out to a success coach. Really what I do for clients in that regard is for somebody who keeps saying they want something, that new business, that next job, but they know they're really not taking those action steps. I can create the accountability for them and I really don't believe I can hold anybody accountable. They hold themselves accountable. But I can walk the journey with them. And when there's somebody else that we're walking with, it's a big deal. And honestly, right now, post-pandemic, I think it's really important that we take a look and, and get into reality that it's okay to have somebody walking this journey alongside you. Because we went through so much isolation and so much loneliness that it's okay. That's really, wow, that's powerful. You and I were talking before I hit the record button about some different um, types of fears or different reasons why people don't make this jump or don't start putting these uh, actions into or taking these actions. Can you share just for the audience, what are some of the fears that you typically see with the clients that you work with that come to you? What are the, what are their hangups? Yeah, one of the fun parts about what I get to do is I believe I can only see in others what I can see in myself. And so what, what's kind of selfish for me on it is I see a lot of people that have similar fears that I do. So that fear of what other people are going to think, especially as we get more mature in our lives, we've experienced more things. If I'm part of my rotary group and... I've kind of had that itch to step into a leadership role. Maybe it's president, treasurer, secretary, something like that. And I've really not done that. What if I did? Oftentimes what's holding us back from that is if, what if I'm in front of people and in a leadership role and I say something stupid, <laughs> right? 
So that's a huge fear that can be holding us back. What other people think? So do you find that that happens? Maybe you don't know, or maybe it just depends. Is that more true of clients who have a past record of success? or Because I guess I would have thought maybe fear of money, uh, mm-hmm. losing money or, or, or something else. But that seems, that, that's really interesting that you say that, yeah. um, that it's fear of what others may think if you fail. Right. And the money programs you bring up there are huge too. So what are the costs? I have a, a good friend of mine who's kind of in that transition process right now looking for that next career. And oftentimes what comes back is what is the resources on the money side that it's going to take, right? I often think about my former job had a pension. Pensions like you can't get them anymore, right? And I really had to take inventory for me of, well, that pension's probably going to be worth significant dollars someday significant dollars someday. But what's the next five, 10, 15 years of my life worth on pursuing what it is that I really want to do? So those money program fears can be a big thing, especially, you know, I started my first business when I was not married and I had no kids. I could work until 10 o'clock at night and there's nobody to be accountable to. You know, now with the kids, there is some forced accountability on making those decisions. So absolutely can hold them back. You know, the fear of failure, we talk about it so much. So we get great books from John Maxwell and all these thought leaders of the fear of failure and how important failure is. Um, I remember reading a study after Carol Dweck's book, um, my, my, uh, excuse me, Growth Mindset. And in Growth Mindset afterwards, they did a study of the brain that when you went out and you failed at something, there was a lot of activity that sparked in the brain and however they set up the study. But when you did an activity that you had done a number of times, which by the way, repetition can be extremely important for success, but you did this activity repetitively, there wasn't a lot of activity in the brain. Hmm. What was really interesting is when they came back and somebody did something new and they failed at it and then they did the fix of whatever that failure was, the brain sparked on the failure like the 4th of July, right? But when they fixed it, there wasn't as much activity. Wow. So really interesting on, on, on failure. And so what is failure for all of us that's defined in a different way? And one of the things that I do is work with people on, let's note it, define it, have some awareness for it. And then what happens in our physiological makeup that comes out, right? Um, with all those things happening. So so that's been interesting. I was working with a sales rep for, for a number of years. And um, I think all of us can relate to this. It wasn't about the sale. It was about asking somebody a difficult question. And I worked with this rep and he had all the product knowledge for what he was trying to sell. So I would train him on more and more product knowledge. For years, we did this. Talk mm-hmm. about Groundhog's Day. For years. Finally, I realized it wasn't the project, product knowledge that was holding him back. It was something else. And for him, he didn't want to be a bother. So kind of that fear of what other people think. He didn't want to bother people with it. And he got so worked up, it held him back. So we went through some exercises um, and um, did some things. And what was amazing, when he was able to have awareness of that feeling coming up, kind of those butterflies in your stomach, and how he could control those, he started making phone calls and he's had his best first quarter ever. Wow. 
this year. So that had very little to do with his sales skills or his technical knowledge around whatever he was selling. This was much deeper, more fundamental about the way that he felt he was relating to other people, whether he was providing a service or whether he was, as you said, he was encroaching on their time or bothering them. Absolutely. Um, You know, it's interesting in sports, uh, musicians, people who take the stage and theater performers, whatever it is, when they're about ready to go perform, there tends to be those butterflies in your stomach, right? Well, if it's a performance you've done a lot or possibly competition that isn't very good that you're playing against, sometimes those butterflies, they won't show up. And often what happens is we will underperform. So I work with clients that we need those butterflies. You see, those butterflies are actually the trigger that the fear is coming up. And for some of us who are listening to this, they haven't had, you may not have had butterflies like at all in recent years. And those butterflies coming up are that trigger that I'm about to do something that's going to move me out of my comfort zone. I'm about to do something that's going to move me out of my comfort zone. And so we do some visualization techniques on taking those butterflies. We want them, but I got to control them. And so like for the gentleman with the sales call we were just speaking about, we visualized those nerves about what other people were going to think. We took those butterflies and we pictured them flying like geese flying south for the winter in that V formation. So I need them. They got to be there. It tells me when I'm aware of them that I'm about to embark on something that's going to move me forward. But I get to control them. And then we do some breathing exercises to help with that control. It seems like you're talking about really, you're bringing a mindfulness to the process, mm-hmm. recognizing what you're feeling and understanding that that's actually necessary in order to push towards your potential. Absolutely. And because you work with higher folks, professionals with a a past record of success, um, what we might call in our our world, like high achievers, this is probably um, applicable across the highest levels of uh, sports. You've mentioned Hollywood and actors, business. Mm -hmm. Is that your experience that everybody at this level they're experiencing some growth. They're experiencing discomfort. I guess from you know, where, where I am or where most of us are in life, we look at these folks and think, well, they've got it. They've already made it. They've got it. it they can't possibly be experiencing fear at that level. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. But what I'm hearing you say is that if they're pushing and if they're growing and if they're getting better at what they do, they're still experiencing that. But they've learned to, it sounds like they've learned to master it or at least they seem to be managing it. Yeah, learning those techniques, right? So what are the techniques that drives you? It's very interesting. I was giving this concept for a TED Talk back in Grand Junction. And after the talk, we went through the butterflies and went through the visualization process during the talk. And the next speaker came up to me after her talk. And she's like, I cannot believe you went before me because I used your exercise to calm down those butterflies. That's cool. And went out and gave a great presentation. So yeah, it's that mix. Um, We trick ourselves that we want to be comfortable, right? And a lot of people have done things on um, fight or flight and digging into those mentalities. But we we ultimately trick ourselves that we want this comfort. But when you ask people, what are the happiest moments in their life? Andrew, when somebody were, if they were to ask you, what's the happiest moment? What type of moments do you think that is? I would say when I'm feeling most enthusiastic but there is that element of fear that comes with that because I'm probably doing something new or right. something challenging. Right. 
And um, a oftentimes people will include like, well, I won that basketball championship when I was a kid or graduating college, getting my MBA, getting my doctorate, whatever those are, or watching my kids walk across the stage at a, at a big university, right? Sure. They'll list all these things. And guess what? Those were hard, challenging things. Those were not easy to do. They weren't everyday things. They weren't everyday things. <laughs> and so those examples of, of how and what um, we can do when we look back, it's not, the, it's not those comfort zone pieces. Right. right. Okay. You mentioned a client that works in sales that you helped move forward from uh, more focusing on skills to actually something much deeper in mm -hmm. terms of how he relates to others and how he feels that others related to him. What are some other approaches that you take with clients who are feeling stuck? Yeah, absolutely. And oftentimes with the podcasts we listen to and the books we read and things we see on social media, we feel like we have to do these huge steps, right? We've got to, we've got to take these big leaps. Maybe sometimes that's appropriate. But let's say you want to go start a business and you've never run a business before and you have a job that is pretty good. What could I do at my current position to help me get unstuck? Because guess what? When you go start a new business for the first few years, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be change. But at some point, that Groundhog's Day may come back. So I work with clients on, on thinking about this as a puzzle, right? So two years ago, my wife got my daughters a 2,000-piece Disney princess puzzle. I mean, they were nine and six at the time. 2,000 pieces. Who does that? <laughs> And if you think about how we went after doing that puzzle, what did we start with first? We did the border, right? So when you look at the puzzle, you get the box, you open it up, and you look for those border pieces first. They're kind of those small steps forward. Okay, right? so they're a little bit more recognizable. Absolutely, okay. I can find them faster. And if you find that corner piece, that's like gold in that box of 2,000 pieces, right? Because it really can tell me how to start making my journey, how to start taking those steps on that journey. And once we find all those border pieces, then we start looking at the inside. We look for colors and all these things. You know what I'm talking about there. Mm -hmm. So we think about taking steps as, as looking for the next puzzle piece. What is the next solution? And I always encourage my clients to look for those corner pieces first. Corner pieces. Okay. So maybe it is something where I, I want to take a step to do something new in my life, but can I take a small step at my current position in what I'm doing and look for that corner piece? And I have an acronym called corner, C-O-R-N-E-R. -E and each one of those has tools. For example, how often do we take on a goal or we take on a project that's going to take some time? It's going to be a big deal, but we don't tell anybody about it. So for example, the C in corners stands for communicate. When you're going to take on something new, take on a big project, those types of things, who do I need to communicate that I'm doing this to? Maybe I need to communicate it to my current employees or my current teammates at work. Maybe I, there's something I should communicate to my boss. For sure, I should be communicating something to my spouse. Maybe there's a new project I'm doing that I'm going to get home a few minutes later than I normally do and have that conversation up front before I stop. I start coming home at seven o'clock and causing a bunch of stress like it did in my household back in the day. Right? <laughs> One that people often forget about is how do you communicate this to your children mm. that you're taking on something new? So the, the C is for that. There's a bunch of others, the O, R, N, and, and we can talk about that in the future, but I really like the E in corner. 
we work with that for emotions. So you're going to go start something. It could be a small step, but it could be on the journey to something new. What are the emotions that are going to come up for you in that process? And we've been talking a lot about fear today, Andrew. So, so what are those emotions that could be holding you back? But it's not just the negative emotions. And that's where my clients often go to. But what are the positive emotions? Mm. Like, what is joy going to feel like when you overcome that first challenge? Right? Those types of things. So we've got to go through the emotions. We've got to be aware of those. Because oftentimes, it's our emotions, it's our feelings that can disrupt us from taking those small steps to fill in those puzzle pieces. Wow. There's a lot there. I am interested certainly in having you back to talk about those other letters because um, they all, we talked a little bit off air about them and I can see how they all relate and they all apply and they're all so important. The communication really, that really hits home. And of course the emotions, as we had discussed fears earlier and, and not only the negative emotions, but also the positive emotions. So you're really talking about embracing, you're talking about embracing the experience really. Yeah. Think about like, Back in the day when you won a championship or won a game, if you think about athletes in high school and they win a big game, what do they do? Those kids are yelling and screaming all over the floor. They're high-fiving. Students are they're <laughs> running on the court, you know, all these things. But as we get older, we don't do that. We stop celebrating it. And so oftentimes it's those little celebrations along the journey that help us stay consistent with our goal and will give us the confidence to increase our steps, to take on bigger and bigger goals. That is such a fantastic point. We don't often think about that as adults do it. Yeah, running onto the court or running, storming the field when you're young playing. When do we do that as adults? Not very often. Not very often. Well, just to kind of bring things to a close, do you have any tips that listeners to this podcast episode can take immediately after they after we're done talking, things that they can put into action today, maybe low risk, small steps like you talked about to begin moving towards the things that they want and the life that they want. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most important things that we can do in our life is to write a, a vision of what we want one year from now. Um, and in doing so, oftentimes we say, and you'll hear me talk about that, we say we want something but we're really not doing anything to go get it. What, is, what do you want? What do you want your family to look like? What do you want your career to look like? How do you want to be spending your vacation, right? Um, so that, that sets a roadmap. So that's one of the things you can do. I love to meditate. And sometimes we can have guilt with meditation, like I'm not doing it enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. So oftentimes I'll set a goal to do that in certain periods of my year because I will fall off and get back on. We see these gurus and we think we got to meditate every day. And then we go through this self-deflating thing of, oh, I didn't meditate today. <laughs> and then I don't meditate tomorrow because I'm beating myself up. So yep. instead, just say, I didn't meditate yesterday. Let's get it done today. So meditation, headspace, we mentioned it earlier. Um, journaling is good. There is a journal out there called the five-year journal. It's pretty cool because there's small segments. I think often when I started journaling, I thought I had to write a book every day. And then I got resistant to that. What? You can do a small paragraph. And then what's really cool is as the years come through, you see where you were at last year at this time and you really get to reflect, am I moving forward? Have I taken some steps back? It gives some self-awareness as I'm journaling through the process. It, it seems like such a projective exercise too. I mean, I, just doing a little writing, it seems like you never know what might come out 
out of your subconscious or from somewhere that you hadn't even thought about. It's like, how did I, where did that come from? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the last one I think we, we all talk about is podcasts and books and those types of things. Really quick thing. I think that's interesting in our society that I've seen is we're trying to consume so much. So people are, are bragging about how many books they read in a year, those types of things. I really encourage my clients to come back to their top five books. Um, love Patrick Mincioni, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Love Think and Grow Rich. Um, love Leadership and Self-Deception. There's some great books out there. But often we'll read it and we'll move on to the next one. And we really didn't digest what was coming through on that. So that's something to think about. And then with podcasts, um, you know, I just truly believe you can get a college education in your car. Driving the kids around, commuting to work, all those types of things. And some of my favorites is The Happiness Lab by Dr. Lori Santos. I love Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell because it just makes me think different. And what I love about Malcolm Gladwell is he doesn't tell you kind of what to believe in his story he's told. He kind of lets you come to your own conclusion, which I think is unique. Leadership-wise, I do like Craig Groeschel. He's a great podcast. It's a quick one to, to do. It's once a once a month for, for 18 to 20 minutes and, and, and doing those. So those are some tools. Those are some tools I recommend for my clients and some resources. But just be aware when I'm trying to consume a ton, it's kind of like that iceberg analogy. You're at the tip of the iceberg. How do I get my knowledge level to that, um, that part below that where most of the meat is or most of the iceberg is, the dense stuff? Um, so it's not always consuming more. It's consuming well. That is, that's, that's fantastic. That's great information. I'm going to put this in the, uh, the visual format of this podcast, and then I'll include all of those tips as well as the different podcasts that you recommended in the books. I'll put all those in the show notes. So anybody who's listening to this can go back, circle through and, and review those. Those are, those are awesome. Yeah. The vision, the, the vision of what you want, meditation, five-year journal, top five books. That's something I have not heard. I don't think ever. Usually, as you said, everybody's saying, well, read more and read this. And there's all, it's overwhelming. And you said, just kind of take a break and narrow it down to your favorite five and enjoy those. Yeah. I love reading one and then I'll do the audiobook or vice versa because I consume things differently with my eyes and with my ears. And so that can really be a nice learning and I won't do them back to back. I'll probably wait three months. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy that. Matt, this has been an awesome episode. I know I have learned a ton and we were talking about the corner acronym and so many other points that you made that I was restraining myself from going off with these tangential questions because I wanted to learn more. But this is super informative. So thank you very much for being here. For um, listeners who are interested in finding out more about you, maybe they want some supportive coaching services, those kinds of things. Where can people find you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. The website is uh, priceless-coaching.com. It's priceless-coaching.com. And then I'm Matt Price on Facebook or Matthew Price on Faceless and Priceless Coaching is on Facebook. But the best way is to go to the website. There'll be a box to, to enter your email information and, and send that email and, and grab that. The exciting news is we are going to be doing a rebrand on that. So we've got a new logo that's going to be coming out. We're going to have a new website that's coming out. But for now, that's the best place. I'm also all over LinkedIn. So you can find me on that site too. And also your TED Talk. TED Talk, it is. And what a dream come true. Like you can go search me on ted.com. It's, it's an honor. 
And uh, yeah, if you want to see Action Cure Sphere, a lot of these points are, are during that TED Talk. And uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. We really appreciate you coming on. And let's try, I'm going to try to get you back on here again and talk about some of these other things. Sounds great. Thanks, Have man. fun. All right. That's it from us today. As always, you can find more information as well as resources on our website, individualmatters.org. We hope you'll join us at the next podcast, where we'll continue to explore topics around successful living, learning and education, and child development, and share ways to help you live a more positive and fulfilling life. Thank you.